Legal discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mail on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors joins me in the uh, studio. Where are you a bit of a political sort of a pundit? Or, well, how uh, could you not be? Yeah. You know, how could you not be over the last couple of days? A fascinating development in Irish politics. Isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how it all turns out. It will, but, uh, it will. Anyway, uh, much more importantly... More mundane things. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to talk to us about car crashes. Yeah, um, road traffic accidents, road, we call I them. beg your pardon. <laughs> road traffic accidents, indeed, John. So what What about them, John, and how well, should we deal with them? And, yeah, you know. it's timely, I suppose. This time of year, unfortunately, we have more accidents than... Yeah. We would hope that we wouldn't have them, but I mean, I suppose like everything else, it's funny when you're driving along the road, you think to yourself, there's kind of two extremes of driving. There's the slow driver and the fast driver, and you wonder, you know, I suppose depending, certainly the fast driver gets an awful lot of attention, and these, these kind of weather conditions, you're, you're looking at a very serious situation, but... Um, the reality of it is that ultimately if there is a road traffic accident the question of liability will often arise and the question of who's right and who's wrong is going to come into play and like everything else when you're dealing with law as you know as I've said probably ad nauseum over the years a lot of it comes down to evidence and gathering evidence and making sure that um, the the evidence is properly maintained because ultimately if you have to go into a court of law, court of law is primarily based not on what people think uh, but rather than how people will present the case and retaining your evidence is probably one of the high priorities there. Now, I mean, that's that said, obviously the very first thing when you're looking at road traffic accident is that you have to look to the humanity of the situation mm. and if there is uh, any any question whatsoever that there's an injury involved, obviously the first thing you need to do is to address that particular issue and call an ambulance and uh, you know if you're in any doubt at all about it, uh, that should be your first call. <coughs> it brings me in mind of the very first case I was ever involved in, which this is a kind of a, a story rather than anything to do with the law per se, although it was my first kind of touch with the law. I was on my motorbike, I was in college and I was stopped on a crossing and uh, <clears throat> I was I stopped because there was two pedestrians crossing over the crossing and a car came from the opposite direction and collided with the uh, pedestrian and the very first reaction of the driver of the car when I got off my bike and I there was actually a guard that was some distance away and I went to go down to the guard to bring the guard up to the scene of the accident the first reaction of the driver of the car was to remonstrate with me that I had done that and then I, it followed on from there that the guards then subsequently contacted me because there was a prosecution and I mean, again, there's always two sides to an accident. There's the, you know, the Garda side and the civil side. And we've often talked about mm. the difference between criminal law and civil law. And when you're dealing with a road traffic accident, there's always the other element to it, which could be that if you were driving in a manner which would be considered to be either careless or dangerous or another one is driving without due care and attention, you could be open to a criminal prosecution. In that particular scenario, I was contacted actually a couple of months later to give evidence at the hearing because the person was being prosecuted for dangerous driving. 
But anyway, I didn't actually have to give it because they pleaded. And again, not to digress too much, obviously, where you're in a, a situation where you're being prosecuted in a road traffic type scenario, you know, the option there is that if, if it's clearly a case where you're in the wrong, you can plead to it. And if you do plead to it, that's basically saying that you admit and accept responsibility. And if you accept responsibility, then uh, like in an awful lot of situations, if you do accept responsibility and you don't go into a full fight on it, in those circumstances, the court takes a, a more lenient view, if you know what I mean. But mm. obviously, where you're in a situation, and this is a question that's often asked as well. You know, somebody says to me, <clears throat> you know, I'm involved in road traffic accident. The guards are involved. There may be a prosecution. How does that affect the civil case? Because I think I'm in the right. Or rather... I think I'm not necessarily in the right, but neither am I in the wrong. Mm. So in other words, that there was a, if you like, both parties contributed to the accident. How does the criminal side impact on that and what relevance does it have to the criminal side or to the civil side, should I say, and the civil being your your case subsequently when you claim for damages for your car or if you have personal injuries. Your compensation, yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So your compensation claim, if you know what I mean. And the scenario there is that people often confuse the two of them and understandably so because where you're dealing with a a case, we call it a compensation case, as you said yourself. So if we're dealing with a compensation case as opposed to, you know, a guard or prosecution case. In the case in the case of a guard or prosecution, the the if you like, the level of proof that you have to provide in a prosecution case or a guarded case is higher than in, in a civil case or a compensation case. So in a, in a case that you're involved where you're being prosecuted, you can be prosecuted for dangerous driving, like there's kind of three kind of common ones. You could be prosecuted for dangerous driving, you could be prosecuted for careless driving, or you could be prosecuted for a minor a, a less serious one, which mm. is driving without due care and attention. There are the kind of three. There is another one, and there's a couple of other ones as well, but there are your kind of mainstream ones. And the bottom line on it is that you can imagine from a common sense point of view, dangerous driving versus careless versus, versus driving without due care and attention. There are different levels of... Um, culpability there mm. from a from a prosecution perspective if you know what I mean and but the key difference between that and a compensation case is that in a compensation case you're simply trying to establish who's who is responsible for this accident and to what degree are they responsible for it because you could have somebody who's 100% responsible or there could be an apportionment in other words a 50-50 mm. scenario the old classic you know both cars coming in opposite directions and there's an argument as to who was in the centre of the road and who mm. wasn't, etc. Mm. Or a narrow country road and there isn't enough. You know, so you might be dealing with your 50-50. But the key element to it is what we call the burden of proof. You know, the weight that, you know, in the in a criminal case, it's beyond reasonable doubt. In the civil case, it's on the balance of probability. So in a compensation case, it's more to do with how does the court view it, you know, from a common sense point of view, if there is such a thing as, you know what I mean? But how does the court view it? How do they weigh it? You know, what kind of balance is there? So it's on balance, which is more probable, whose story is more probable or less probable, if you know what I mean. Whereas in the case of a criminal trial, it's down to, it's 
it's literally down to if there is any doubt at all, mm. you won't the success, prosecution ought not to be successful. So then the question that arises from that is that people will say to me, well, okay, if there's a prosecution, is that does that favour me? Is that good? It, does that work for me? If I win the, the in the district court, meaning that if the other side mm. of, the, of the party is successfully prosecuted district court, does that mean mm. that I'm I don't have to worry about the compensation yeah. claim? Does that it influence it? In yeah. Some does it yeah. does it have any effect <clears throat> on it yes. at all? Exactly. Yeah. And the answer to that question again is like everything else in law. Says you. Thankfully, if you're a lawyer, that there's always a bit of complexity there, but uh, maybe not so much for the punter who's trying to deal with it. But the reality there is that in an awful lot of cases, if there is a prosecution for dangerous driving, you can be reasonably confident that, that, that you'll have a similar outcome in a civil case. But if it's driving without due care and attention, and or if the other party isn't prosecuted as well, you're, you can never be sure that there won't be some sort of a, a, a you know, a kind of a contribution by the other driver, if you know what I mean. So mm. what the criminal case does for you, though, from a practical point of view, is it give you, gives you wh- where you're in a case that, if you like, that is potentially contentious. You have a possibility of looking at the evidence. So if I have a, a criminal, if I have a, <clears throat> a compensation case, it is always very helpful for me to sit in on the criminal case because mm. I can hear the evidence. I can hear the evidence because when you're in a, a criminal case, the evidence will be the Garda evidence. So the Garda abstract and report and the, the evidence of the guard at the scene and the measurements taken, etc. And, you know, things have advanced so much in the last 30 years in terms of investigation, in terms of investigating accidents, that there's a lot of evidence there mm. that's available. And you also have the opportunity to hear the evidence of the other party in the accident. In other words, you can hear and test, see how strong that evidence is. So it's always helpful mm. that you look at the criminal. Now, this but do, does the civil um, the, the the civil court following the criminal one does that take into account the evidence already given, or do you start from scratch? You start from scratch, right? You start from scratch. So the 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 judge, obviously a different judge, would have no prior knowledge of the outcome or the evidence presented in the criminal case? Won't have a transcript of the evidence in the civil case, or in the criminal case. So in the in the road traffic prosecution case, you won't have the... Now, that doesn't mean that you won't bring it in and it doesn't mean that a good uh, lawyer representing somebody in a civil case or a compensation case won't, having attended the district court and got the evidence, won't use that evidence as in, you know, the uh, the if you're... As I said to you, it's like almost like a rehearsal yes. of the civil case because somebody has to go in and say how the accident happened. Now, don't forget that, again, like everything else, if, for example, the person pleads to it, in other words, if they don't run the case, you mm. don't get any, you don't get an inkling of the evidence. Now, having said that, obviously, if the case, when the, when the criminal case is concluded, you will get a copy of the Garda abstract and report. Mm. And the Garda abstract and report will be made up of the investigation that the Gardaí have done which would be the map of the scene etc plus all the witness statements that are given by the witnesses at the accident and or the parties involved in the accident so that kind of brings you full circle to 
what I should have been talking about, which mm. is what do you do in the events of an accident? Because obviously when you're in an accident and you call the Gardaí, the reason that you're calling the Gardaí if you're looking to the future, which you obviously wouldn't be at that point in time. Mm. But the reason you're calling the Gardaí is the Gardaí will come and investigate the accident. Mm. And obviously, if they do investigate the accident, then obviously that is something that will be... If there isn't a criminal prosecution, it'll be available to you by way of a Garda report or abstract. If there is a criminal prosecution, following that prosecution, you have the potential of either having a rehearsal, as I said to you, mm. and or you will have, not and or, and you will have the Garda abstract and report. So the other important thing that I will always say to people at the scene of an accident is, and this is particularly kind of very pertinent now in this modern day, is that there's no, I was going to say no excuse, but there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to do all of this. And that is gathering the information that you need in order to successfully deal with the case. And, you know, uh, the the information that you can gather that you have to gather obviously and is kind of critical to you is to ensure that you have the details of the other party who is the other driver do they own the car are they driving the car who's who is the insurer all of which should be on the front mm. of, you know which are mobile your smartphone etc there's no reason why you would be able to deal this, with yeah. all of that mm. and the car registration the driver details the other one then, of course, are witnesses, you know, people who are there at the scene of the accident who might have witnessed the accident. And again, you know, that's a kind of one that, that might slip by you at times because, you know, if there is a subsequent dispute as to how this accident happened, um, then obviously a witness is is very strong if you have a conflict between the two drivers as to how the accident happened. And, you know, they say photographs don't lie, but obviously if you're into a and many a case I was involved in down the years, I think I would have told you at some stage that I acted for the PMP. I don't know whether your listeners still remember the I PMP. I remember it well, yeah. You know, well, I used yeah. to act for the PMP in Tipperary all over the county and I was in Watford and I was in Port Leash and, and I used to be in the district court defending these cases for the BMPA because the BMPA uh, were very diligent in the mm. manner in which they dealt with claims yeah. which were well, always For the younger listeners this was an insurance company yes, and sorry, a, a very successful one Very, indeed, yeah, yeah but it always surprised me that you know where they ended up because they were very very good at, mm. and they retained a guy like me who went to every district court in the county running these cases and I mean the amount of cases that when I'm saying making the point that in this modern day if you had a smartphone I hate to say that this is 35 years ago but if you had a smartphone 30 years ago it would have been invaluable because the amount of cases that I used to have cross-examined people on where was the damage to the car where was the debris on the road where exactly was your did your car end up where, on which part of the ditch did the other car end up, yeah. etc. And who said what and what kind of damage was there done to the front of the car. Was And the amount of... As a, as a young lawyer, it was a great uh, experience, let's mm. put it that way, uh, in terms of dealing with yeah. all sorts of... But mean, photographic evidence obviously yeah, would, would have cut be, through would, all of that. Would have yeah. cut through an awful lot of that. Yeah. And the, the, the best one I ever had... And I'm sure you've often heard the story, and I actually did. It actually, it actually did happen when I was cross-examining this fella. He was a farmer from, I won't say what part of the county, 
and he had executed a right turn on the road and my uh, individual driver, the, the other driver coming up behind and didn't, no indicator, turned in right. My fellow went wide uh, thinking he was okay to overtake and uh, the collision occurred and the, the man, when I asked him, I said, and did you indicate no? And did you not think you should indicate no? And I, I then, I then did the 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 thing that they often say to you in cross examination: don't ever ask ask a question you that you answer. don't know the answer to. <laughs> but I, I actually finessed that on the basis of don't ever ask a question that you don't own the answer to, yes. which is slightly different. But it's something I learned uh, as I went along. But I mean, of course, what did he say? He says, "Sure, I've been turning up that boring for the last fifty years. Sure, everybody knows I live up there." And I thought this could only this, this, it was just, I mean, the whole place just erupted. It was just, it was hilarious. But anyway, but anyway, back to the do's and don'ts. I mean, don't leave the scene of an accident. Uh, you know, don't move the vehicles. And you absolutely have to, you know, you know, that's one of the, and don't, you know, don't engage with people at the scene of the accident insofar as try to keep you cool if you can at all. Mm. The other one they often say is don't admit liability. And I think that's just a precautionary one because one never knows the entire circumstances of the accident. The, the dues inform your insurance company. Keep a note. Take photographs of, of your injury. Uh, don't forget there's a time limit within which to do anything. You know, if you if you do record everything, that w- literally helps in the long run and keeps everything going. The other thing is uh, that I would say to people is that post the, all of this, and I'm assuming obviously in circumstances that you may have to do something. I mean, if after an accident has happened, after the dust has settled or the injuries have settled, you may have to make an application to the Personal Injuries Board. And if not, if that the outcome of that isn't acceptable, then you, you will often go to the court. Mm. Bear in mind, and it's very important to bear this in mind, that when you make, and again, just for your listeners, Personal Injuries Board is a system that was set up in there in Ireland to deal with the whole issue of insurance and the whole issue of compensation claims and try and streamline them and make them more efficient. And it's effectively an assessment process that you go into if you have an accident and or if you have an injury as a result of a work accident or anything like that. The thing to bear in mind is that it is a no-fault system. So, in other words, the question of who's right and who's wrong doesn't arise during that process. So you could have a delay of two years within which you come out of that process and you then have to go into the court system. So bear in mind that the liability, as in who's right and who's wrong, because it's not addressed during that period of time, you should consider whether it needs to be addressed before you go into it and that's something mm. that's important. Do you Have you a choice there with the Personal Injuries Board? No. No, you no, have you, to go you through must that go process. Through that system, yeah. You must go through that system. Now, you know, yes, <clears throat> yes it's there. It's a, it's, a, it's a statutory system that you go through that assesses all mm. claims and assesses is the, right, is the word to use because it makes an assessment mm. and ultimately it makes a value assessment on the claim yes. and if that's not acceptable to you you come out of that process and go into the court process right. and you can you can do that at well, the end of it if it's not well, acceptable you can. if it's not acceptable oh absolutely right. you can right. absolutely. is that working out because I hear mixed uh, reaction to it I think it is I yeah. think it is I think it does work out I think that it, it makes it's a, it's a very 
commercially sensible way for the state to deal with claims. Mm. Um, I wonder what the percentage is, though, of people who find it unacceptable at the end of it and go go uh, to court. Well, I think like everything else, you see, there are always cases. It's like everything else, you know, the general rule is ne- is a general rule only. In in quite a number of cases, it is the way to deal with claims. Mm. In a certain number of cases, it's not the way to deal with claims, as in, you know, the, this injury hasn't settled, mm. the case is somewhat more complicated than yeah. the norm, liability is an issue, and some some defendants, as in some people, like companies, won't go through this process, will automatically say, no, they don't want to deal with this process, and will come out of it, because it, you know, and I'll give you an example, the, the, the example that comes to mind is, you know, you're classic slip and fall case mm. in a premises and uh, let's say it, we won't name a company but let's say there's a company there's a lot of outlets around the country there's quite a number of them that would say no we don't want to go into this process because it assumes 100% responsibility right. and we're not going to be subject to that so do you follow me the whole issue of liability is very key when you go into it the other one is the classic one of the client that approached me the other day after 20 years when we settled a case and said to me do you remember that case that you said for me where I had such and such an injury and we were talking about whether it had settled or not? Well, it never actually settled. And is there anything I can do about it? Well, the answer is there isn't. You, you know, you get one shot at settling a case. And if you go into an assessment process and you get an assessment and you accept that, that's it. That's the end of the case. So that's why, and this is a plug for lawyers, obviously, that's why you should consult with somebody who is able to, if you like, advise you as to whether you should or whether you shouldn't accept Mm. the assessment. It's interesting. I, I get the impression that in the civil courts that really it's the insurance companies that are dictating what happens there. And they seem to want to settle more and more. Sorry? The insurance companies. Well, the insurance companies are commercial. Yeah. You know, I mean, insurance companies will settle a case if they think it's commercially the thing to do. Mm. I mean, insurance companies aren't there to look after Joe Bloggs. Yeah. They're there to look at something and if they can settle it. Like, insurance companies will try and settle cases before they go into PIAP. Uh, the interest board that is mm. insurance companies will approach you while it's in there and try and settle it Ins- you know it's commercial with insurance I mean I've acted for insurance companies over the years and I, I was always not amazed amazed is too simple a word to use but I was uh, in a scenario towards the latter end when I initially acted for insurance companies you'd make an assessment, you'd look at it, etc., etc., mm. and you'd say, okay, I think the case is worth X, Y, and Z. You'd talk to the claims handler, and, you know, when you were, when you were involved acting for an insurance company, you'd be talking to the senior claims handler. But, I mean, towards the latter end of it, so when I, I worked with insurance companies for about 20 years, and then it became highly commercialised, mm. insurance companies, and it then came down to where they nominated, you were, you were literally on a retainer with them, and you'd get in a file, and I used to, when, you, when I started, I would get in the file, I'd read it, look at the reports, look at liability, and give an opinion on what I think, whether I thought it was a good case or not, whether it should be defended or not, and then I'd look at the level of compensation, I'd say, well, I think it's within the range of X, Y, or Z, and I talked to the, the, the claims handler who's dealing with it, and then ultimately we'd deal with the other side. They'd come back, they'd look for X, Y, and Z, you go, yeah, well, that's within the range or not. But towards the latter end of it, you were a number. Literally, insurance companies would mark a figure on the file, so they'd say, they'd put a reserve on the file, for example. Now, that was the case 
laterally when I was dealing with it. So let's say your case comes in, hits the insurance company desk, and they put a figure, they say, looking at a risk assessment, etc., 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 this case is worth 20,000. Okay, fine. I'd come on to them, I'd look at the file, and i go, no, no, it's worth a lot more than 20,000. It's worth, uh, you know, considerably more than that. They say, well, no, well, it doesn't matter. We put a figure of 20 on it, that's it. And you wouldn't be able to, you'd have no authority to deal with it. Then you'd have the converse situation where you get in a file, you look at it and you go, this case is only worth 15 grand, let's say, and they put in a figure of 60 on it. So literally you could give, you could, if you were, if you were so inclined, which obviously wouldn't be as a profession, you could give the 60 and they would mark it off and say, that's, yeah, that's, so that's within our so the reality of it is without being judgmental about it is it's commercial it's mm. literally it's a profit based business they look at the risk and you know again mm. like the scenario that I had and it, this like sounds like me getting on a hobby hours which I am but it's like when they came to you with a renewal of insurance and I went back to them there the other day and I said well actually I don't want you're offering me uh, free legal aid I don't want it I'm a lawyer I don't need it you're offering me cover for X, Y and Z I don't want that either you're offering me for this and I don't want that and, offering, and then and I said okay so out of the 10 things I only want 7 of them okay answer came back premium is the same wow so you're saying to yourself so okay so it doesn't matter what so if you know whereas if I turned it around and said oh by the way you're so in, in this particular instance they had they'd covered the building for say I don't know let's say 500,000 and I, I'd gone back and said I don't need 500 the rebuild cost is only 350 now if I'd gone back on the converse of that and they'd come in with a quote of 350 and I'd gone back and said well actually it's not 350 it's 500 you can, I'd leave it to you as to what would have happened yeah, in terms of premium. Yeah, but it just begs the, the opinion then that, you know, insurance companies are at fault for the situation that we have at the moment because they're so quick to make a decision and, and, and pay out rather than the expense of legal bills that they've created this, this compensation culture. Well, that's a very highly politicised comment to me <laughs> and I, I would only say You're going to play the fifth on major, this Well, I play the fifth, first and third but they are, they are a major player in it and I think any, anybody who suggests that, that like lawyers are a major player uh, you know this, the court system is a major player insurance companies are a major player and any one of them pointing the finger at the other one saying you know, we're not the major player there isn't correct. We all are party to the system and we all can contribute to the system and make the system work. But for for one of the parties to be sitting outside looking in going, nothing to do with me, just right. beggar's belief. And I leave right. it at that. Well, there you go. But I mean, uh, Pierce O'Doherty um, certainly was on his high horse about was an he? awful lot of this, about the okay. insurance. Uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting it'll to be see very what, interesting what happens when that happens. is concerned. And as says John, putting away his pen and his computer <laughs> on that score. Uh, thanks very much indeed, John. Always a pleasure. John Lynch there from Lynch Solicitors. All right, 10.37 right now. Back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Subaru dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie